actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 today. Fifty-five miles west of Dallas, or about 23 miles west of Fort Worth, lies the town of Alito, Texas, with a population of only 4,800 and a total area of 1.9 square miles. It's definitely what I would call a small town. I've lived in small towns like that before. For the most part, it's hard to drive by someone you don't know in a place like that. Tell you the truth, your hands might get a little tired from doing the obligatory steering wheel wave as you go past them. A small town like that, a stranger isn't something you see very often. When you do, you get a bit wary. Depending on what they're doing, how they look, certain actions they're taking, you might even get a little scared. You think to yourself, what business does this person have in my little town? Could they be here for business? Visiting a relative? I know I haven't seen them before. Wait, what if they're here looking for trouble? Somebody that is new to a place like that and gives you a wrong feeling while walking down the same side of the street and you might decide to cross over to the other side of the road and try to avoid any possible problems. We would look at someone like that as potentially trouble. But do you ever look at someone that you know the same way? A close friend? Boyfriend or girlfriend? Your husband or wife? What about your own children? You never think of something bad happening with someone you're well acquainted with. But the truth is, there's more likelihood of something bad happening with one of them than with a stranger. In this episode, I'll be talking about a terrible crime that was committed by someone who knew their victims very well. Welcome back to Music City 911. 
driving down FM5. And for those unfamiliar with what FM stands for, it's Farm to Market Road. You won't see too much. It's Texas. Large fields divided off ranch by ranch. And the only usual obstruction to your view is maybe a patch or two of mesquite trees. Most of the roads can go straight for miles with very few curves. After a while, all the ranches just kind of blend together. Fences, outlining properties, and the usual gate that looks as big as Texas are all the norm here. Just outside the town of Lido in Park County, you're driving up this road and you might miss the understated gated entrance of the River Creek subdivision. The name is prominently displayed on the brick boundary surrounding the gates, but compared to the larger-than-life gates at the ranches, you probably pass right by and never think anything of it. Behind those gates on River Creek Lane, you'll find some pretty nice homes. The house that sits at 152 River Creek Lane has an approximate value of a little over $1.1 million and is over 4,200 square feet. Five bedrooms, five bathrooms, an oversized swimming pool with a separate 1,000 square foot pool house sitting on over two acres of land. Initially, you would think nothing sinister would happen in some place like this. That's where you'd be wrong. The call I'm about to play came from that house. Like a lot of other calls I've played on the show, I'm going to play the whole thing uninterrupted. It's a long call. Very long. The location of this house is what we would call out in the county, meaning it's outside any city limits and only covered by a sheriff's department, one that likely only has a couple deputies on duty per shift. The long call likely comes from an extremely extended response time, possibly coming from halfway across the county. So if you live out in the country, just kind of keep this in mind, then an extended response time might have to happen, even in an emergency situation like we're about to listen to. Concord County 911, where is your emergency? Uh, my house. What's the address? 152 River Creek Lane. Okay, what's the emergency? Uh, I just killed my mom and my sister. What? I just killed my mom and my sister. You just killed your mother and your sister? How did you do that? Uh, I shot him with a uh, 22 revolver. And what is your name? Jay Evans. Jay Evans. Jake Evans. Are you sure they're dead? Yes. Okay. I want you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Hold on just a minute. Where is the gun? Uh, it's on the kitchen counter. Okay. It's a twenty-two. Yes. Okay. Hold on.
Jake. Hold on. Stay on the line with me, okay? All right. Jake? Yes? Are you on any kind of medication? No. Well, I, uh, I've been going to the allergist a lot lately. Yeah. My mom. But no, nothing other than that. Okay. How old are you? 17. You don't take any other kind of medication? I mean, other than, like, Zyrtec and, like, Advil and, you know, like, the pet and stuff like that, you know, for allergies and headaches, but yeah. no. All right. Okay, do you, um, is there any reason that you were so angry at your mother and your sister? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I wasn't. It's weird. I wasn't even really angry with them. It just kind of happened. I've been kind of uh, planning on uh, killing for a while now. The, the two of them or just anybody? Pretty much anybody. Why? Mm, I don't know. I... Uh, I I don't really like uh, people's uh, kind of attitude. Right. I think they're kind of, they're very, uh, like, you know, emotional, I don't know, verbally rude to each other and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, and I don't know. It's okay. It's just my family, I don't know, they're just kind of really, I, I guess this is really selfish to say, but to me, they, I felt like they were just suffocating me in a way. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I'm, obviously, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I guess, evil, but uh, that's, uh, whatever. Okay. Sorry. Are, no, don't be sorry. It's all right. I'm listening. Okay, you have my undivided attention. Uh, were your mom and sister in their beds? No. Uh, uh, this this is really gonna mess me up for this. You know, in the future. Uh, see, my sister. I told my sister that my mom needed her. Mm -hmm. She was in her room, and she came out of her room, and. Uh, I I shot her and she rolled down the stairs and I shot her again and then I went down and I shot my mom about maybe three or four times but I'll never forget this. Uh, okay, that's fine. My my uh, sister she she came down the stairs and she was screaming and I was telling her that I'm sorry but to just hold still. Mm -hmm. That you know, I was 
just gonna make it go away, you know, but she just kept on freaking me out. But finally she fell down and I shot her in the head about probably three times. So they're both downstairs? Uh, yes. Okay, where are you? In the kitchen. Okay. You're not sitting by the gun, are you? No, it's about like uh, 10 or 15 feet away from me. Um, That's all right. Where's your dad? He's out of town. Do you know where he is out of town? Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, to, for, I guess, future reference, I don't really want to see any of my family members, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like it, and visiting or whatever. I, I don't know how it works or anything, but I, I just don't want any type of visitors. I don't want to see. Okay. Know. Where do you go to school, Jake? Uh, well, I used to go to Leo High School, mm-hmm. but now, now I'm, I'm kind of being homeschooled. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just um, you and your sister and your mom and dad in the house live well, there? Well, no, my dad's out of town. Well, yeah, but normally it's just your mom and your oh. sister and your dad and you. Yeah, and my grandpa and grandma, they live across the street. And my si- oh, my oldest sister, she lives with my grandparents. And uh, I have another sister. Uh, and she's out in college. She was going to come out to visit us tomorrow. Uh, okay. You don't want to hurt yourself, do you? Uh, I don't know. I'm a little freaked, freaked out about guns now. Oh, sure. But you don't want to hurt yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely, you know, I I assure you, I definitely don't like myself, you know. Right. But I'm just so freaked out by guns now, and just to let you know, like I I I I, I hate the feeling of killing someone. I you know, uh, it. <clears throat> I'm gonna be messed up. There there are people that will help you. Well, you just take a deep breath. We have deputies coming, and they're going to help you. We're here to help you, too, okay? Um, We're going to help you. We're not going to hurt you. All right? I understand if you'll want to, you know. No, we're not going to hurt you. We're there to help you, Jake. All right, that's, everybody thinks that, you know, we want to do bad things, but we don't. We want to help people. 
right or wrong, we want to help people. And we're going to help you. Okay, do you understand that? Yeah. We're also here to help. Okay. Jake, where is the kitchen in the house? Is it the back of the house? Yeah, kind of the, to the back, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we're talking with our sergeant now. He's almost at your house. But we'll probably, what I'll probably ask you to do, Jake, is when he gets there, is turn your porch light on. All right. Okay. Okay, and what he'll probably do is ask you to come out, okay? Okay. Okay, so you'll be all right. You're going to be all right. Okay? All right. Okay, I'm going to stay on the phone with you, though, and talk with you. That's okay, and you can talk to me. I'll listen. Is there anything you want to talk about? No, not really. Okay. What's your grandfather's or grandparents' last name? Stevens. Stevens with a V or a PH? What's that? Stevens. S-T-A-V-E-N-S. Okay. Okay. What's your grandpa's first name? Jim. Jim. And grandma? Uh, Diane. Diane. Do you, is it a gated community? Is there a gate? Uh, yes. Uh, do you want the password? Yes, please. Wrong radio. Okay, do you have a driver's license? No. No, no driver's license? What's your date of birth, honey? Uh, 1995. Month? Uh, May. May, and the date? May 22nd. May 22nd, the phone with you. They'll be there shortly. Won't be long now. That's your call. Yeah, just follow your protocol. Ours is we gotta wait till we get on scene. Call 434 received. Call 434, are you en route to the 12 to assist? 
Would you mind going to the front door and turning the porch light on or any lights that you have outside? I, I, I turned them on. Okay, okay. Paul 414, or correction, Paul 404, my caller has turned the front lights on for you. How old is she? She's uh, 15. 15? Yeah. Uh, she, she was, I don't know, she had a really sweet side, but, you know, she was kind of, she was kind of racist and, I don't know, kind of rude to me sometimes, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. How long ago did this happen, or how long ago did you you shoot your sister and mom? Just a little while ago? Yeah. Like when you called? 30, 30 minutes ago. About 30 minutes ago? Yeah. About 30 minutes ago. Okay. You'll be all right, Jake. Okay? You'll be all right. I'm, I'm, like, really worried about, like, you know, like, nightmares and stuff like that. Um, Are there any type of medication for that and stuff? Well, I, I think there is. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, um, the, the justice system. And I'm sure your family yeah. will get you the support you need. I don't mean to sound like a wimp or anything, but, you know, this is, <laughs> wow. I've never, like, done anything violent in my whole life, you know? You don't sound like a violent person. No, you don't. But there, um help will be provided for you, medical and psychological. That'll be provided to you, okay? Uh, so you don't have to worry about that right now. 
take deep breaths for me, okay? You're doing fine. In through your nose and out through your mouth. So you don't hyperventilate, okay? Alright. And that'll slow down your heart rate too. I'm sure it's just jumping all over in your chest. There you go. Couple more. Good. That sounds good. You sound a lot calmer right now. Just keep deep, taking deep breaths. And it'll keep the anxiety down. Are there any cars in your driveway, Jake? Uh, no. No cars in the driveway? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Deep breath, honey. In through your nose, real deep. I just, I just thought it'd be quick, you know. <laughs> I, I I didn't want them to feel any pain. That's why I used a gun. <laughs> okay. But it was like it, it was like everything went wrong. <laughs> it, it's all right. Keep breathing for me. Okay, just in through your nose, real slow out through your mouth. more deep breaths for me. There you go. Real deep in. Real slow and real deep. My officers are almost there. Would you be willing to walk out on your own? Uh, yes. Yes? Uh, I, yes. Uh, uh, I guess I should tell... Uh, I forgot uh, before I called. Yes. The gun on the counter, uh, for some reason, when I put it down, it was loaded, just uh-huh. to let you all know. Okay, that's fine, as long as it's on the counter. Yeah, it's on the counter floor. All right, I I believe you. Okay, they'll be there shortly, but I'll stay on the phone with you until, you know, it's time for you to walk out, okay? 
right. Are you on a on your home phone? Uh, yes. Is it cordless? Uh, yes. Okay. breathing. Keep breathing. You're doing good. What color is your house, Jake? Red brick? Yeah. Okay. Red brick? Okay. Okay. Okay, Jake, what I want you to do is after we get through talking, I want you to put the phone down and leave it in the kitchen. You don't have to hang it up, okay? But I want you to walk outside, but when you're walking through the house and outside, stay visible. You know, don't hide behind any furniture. Open the front door. Do you have a, a glass screen door or a glass door or just the front door? Uh, you know, just the front door. Okay. When you open the front door, step back. Put your hands behind your head and slowly walk outside, okay? Or keep your, I'm not behind your hand, but keep your hands up in the air. Just walk very slowly and walk outside, but keep your hands visible. All right, sweetie? All right. Okay, go ahead and put the phone down and do it. And then just listen to what Sergeant Fletcher has to say. He's very appreciative that you're willing to come out on your own. He thinks that's great, all right? All right. And I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, honey. You. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Bye. I don't get down. It's open. The line's open. Or close to it. I don't know how big the house is. Before I get into details about what happened, I have to say this dispatcher was pretty incredible. She kept Jake on the phone the whole time and kept him talking. She was never judgmental with him, just asked relevant questions, and was actually compassionate with him. Early in the call, she even asked if he was all right. In this situation, I think this was probably the best way to keep him on the line and talking. This is a seasoned dispatcher type move. Even with a seasoned dispatcher, though, you can encounter something new and very serious like this. I would venture a guess that as small of a population this county has, they probably don't have too many murders. And the ones they do have probably don't have the suspect calling in confessing to it. I've said before that a lot of times you want to really push hard to get the questions answered exactly and quickly. A call like this, you want to make sure you take your time on. Stretch it out. You want to keep callers like this on the phone until police get there. There's always a chance they might change their mind and want to try to flee. 
just keep them talking and tell them exactly what to do when the police get there. Outstanding job by the dispatcher on this, really. Jake Evans was 17 years old when all this happened back in October of 2012. Without going into a lot of reports of what happened from an outside source or something of that nature, I thought I'd do something a bit different in this episode. This time, I'll read portions of his written confession. I don't believe he left much, if anything, out of this. I had just got home from the allergist and was having lunch when I started watching Rob Zombie's Halloween. In the movie, a 12-year-old boy murders his stepfather, sister, and his sister's boyfriend. It was the third time this week that I watched it. While watching it, I was amazed at how at ease this boy was during the murders and how little remorse he had afterwards. I was thinking to myself, it would be the same way for me when I kill someone. After I watched the movie, I put it back in the case and threw it in the trash can so that people wouldn't think that it influenced me in any way. After that, I went outside to hit golf balls in the yard for about an hour. I went inside around 5.30 p.m. and just sat in the living room thinking about how I was going to kill my family. My plan was to kill my sister and my mom at my house and then go over to my grandparents and kill my oldest sister, Emily, and my two grandparents. Then I was going to wait until morning and kill my other sister, Audrey, because she was visiting from college. After I got up from the couch, it was between 6 and 6.30. My grandmother had called my mom and asked if I wanted to go to the cleaners with her. I went, and while we were in town, we got dinner. We made a quick stop at the post office, and then she dropped me off at my house. I took my dinner to the pool house and watched Family Guy for a little bit. I went back into the house and saw that my mom and sister were watching the debate. I went outside again to swing freely with my golf clubs. Around 9 p.m., I went upstairs in my house to watch Family Guy. About 10 minutes later, my sister came upstairs and asked if I wanted to watch a movie. I said no because earlier that day at the allergist appointment, she made some racist comments. She went to her room and I went downstairs to my parents' closet and I got my dad's blue folding knife. I went back upstairs and kept pacing back and forth, imagining killing Mallory. Thoughts of causing her pain kept entering my mind and were really bothering me. But then, I think about all the times she hurt my feelings or really pissed me off. So finally, around 9.30, I knocked on her door and asked if she wanted to watch Waterboy. She said yes and sat on the couch next to the sofa that I was on. I told her I was going to the art room to get a pen. When I was in the art room, I stood there again imagining killing Mallory. After 30 minutes, I finally went into the room and sat on the sofa with a knife in my pocket. I sat for about five minutes and then playfully threw a pillow at Mallory. We started having a pillow fight in the room. After a while, I thought to myself, if I were to kill my mom and Mallory, I wouldn't want them to feel anything. So I decided to kill them both with the 22 revolver I stole from my grandpa. 
I told Mallory that I needed to go downstairs for a little bit. After I saw that my mom was in the study, I went to my closet and picked up the pistol. I set it on the bed and was nervously opening the cylinder over and over again. I then spent probably over an hour walking nervously around the house thinking how life will never be the same and how I would never see them again. Around 11.15, I went upstairs with a pistol and stood there for about five minutes. I knocked on the door and told Mallory that mom needed her. She came out and out of the corner of her eye, she saw me pointing the gun at her. She thought I was joking and told me that I was freaking her out. I shot her in the back and then the head. I ran down to the study and shot my mom three times. In shock, I ran to my room and was screaming at the top of my lungs that I'm really messed up and that I killed my mom and sister. I emptied the shells on my bed and heard noises and realized that Mallory was still alive. While I loaded the gun back up, I was shouting that I was sorry and then ran as fast as I could to kill her. I then made sure my mom was dead and shot her again in the head. After the shooting, I walked outside for a few minutes, then came back inside. Very shocked and scared, I placed the gun on the kitchen counter and walked in the living room to dial 911. When I look at people, especially teenagers, I see them as being very cruel to one another emotionally. It seems that their favorite hobby is picking on someone else. The people who are racist, bullies, and who are full of themselves are the really evil ones. And it amazes me because those three qualities are extremely common today. I was very sad because I felt like my own family were becoming these people I hate. I know now that I'm done with killing. It's the most dreadful and terrifying thing I will ever experience. And what happened last night will haunt me forever. Jake was charged with capital murder. The state of Texas had a conundrum with the charge, though. Because he was 17 years old when this happened, Texas couldn't seek the death penalty or even life in prison without parole. Initially, after their arrest, Jake and his lawyer entered an insanity plea. For over two years after the murders, the court was concerned with his mental health and assigned him to a mental hospital. He was deemed incompetent to stand trial. After that two years in the mental hospital, officials there advised the courts that Jake was now competent and could stand trial. He and his lawyer reached a plea deal with the state. Jake was sentenced to serve a total of 45 years in prison for the murders, including the time served in the mental hospital. Jake has a projected release date in 2057, and he will be eligible for parole in 2035. That'll do it for this episode. My trailer promo for this week comes from Paige over at Reverie True Crime Podcast. Let's have a listen. Reverie. The state of being pleasantly lost in one's thoughts. A daydream. But what if those daydreams turn to nightmares? Reverie True Crime 
shines a light on the dark tragedies that have happened and are continuing to happen all throughout the world. We interview and work with families to bring awareness to forms of injustice. We explore the depths of cases from around the world to include missing persons, mysteries, and more. Reverie True Crime is found wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, you don't have to live in fear, but stay aware of your surroundings. Stay safe and take care. As usual, follow the show on all social media, all of which are linked in the show notes of every episode. On whatever podcast app or platform you're listening on, be sure to leave a five-star rating and a glowing review. That helps out the show. Sign up for ad-free and bonus episodes over at Patreon, also linked in the show notes. And finally, a call to action. Yes, I'm talking to you. I have something for you to do. This week, I'd love it if you could have a friend or acquaintance listen to one episode. I'm always looking for new listeners, and so far the best way of doing that has been word of mouth from other listeners. If you love the show as much as I love you, the listeners, it'll be a very easy thing to do. Just tell them they have to check out this podcast called Music City 911. They'll want to thank you later for it. Until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.